Back to the Dennis and Friends podcast, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever it's just us, or what's going on in life and around the world. My name is Dennis, I host this podcast, episode number 17, I believe is where we're at now. And this is a very fun and exciting episode, but it's very long, so I wanted to warn y'all ahead of time before you start progressing. It's very long, it's very fun. We've got a first time guest joining the show today, talking all about thing that we talk about in the main segment i'll explain that here in a little bit but thank you for all your support so far we have raised one dollar in ad money because of all the plays from all you people so thank you for that no but on a serious note it's been cool to see the podcast even like exist and do decently well so thank you for all you listeners who have been around so far and if you like this stuff then share it with your friends so we can get more listeners and more people can know about it um, life has been very busy lately. I feel like it's nonstop right now with all that's going on with the end of the school year and work and lots of things that I'm doing outside of that and a very important development with music that is happening that I can't share just yet, but I will be announcing hopefully sooner than later, which you'll hear about it on this podcast, of course, but you should also follow my social media so that you can see that. But just a lot of stuff going on, but it's all good things. Work is good right now. Family's good. We're all healthy. It's it's a good time. I, I feel very grateful and very blessed. So as the school year is winding down, I'm very excited, though, for the summer. Very, very excited to do different stuff, like go to camp with our students this summer and do some activities with them and also be able to take trips this summer and to go travel a little bit and to explore One of the things about this summer that I want to be conscientious of is that, you know, I don't work full time right now and I want to take advantage of that this summer because I feel like this time next year that will not be the case. And so I want to be able to enjoy this free summer to just do whatever and to just grow and to try different things and explore different places. And I have some goals that I want to do for the summer um, personally and musically and just recreationally so I'm excited for the summer but until then it's really really busy and you know it's gonna be fun so that's kind of the the big old life update for me we have a very action-packed rest of the month Um, Clayton and I are gonna do definitely another EPL talk either later this month or early part of next month there is a plan for a soccer related episode that's not EPL talk um, later this month as well. Not sure exactly when that will happen yet. I need to do some concert recaps because I've been going to, or I went to a show last weekend to see Lecrae, Andy Minio, and Tripoli and Tadashi, all the Reach Records guys and Gal um, on a shame tour. It was very fun. Um, need to do a recap on that. And Coldplay is about to come through, and so do a recap on that here pretty soon. That's kind of where we're going with the summer. Expect a lot of NBA and NHL playoff talk this summer or over the next few weeks and months. That's kind of what a lot of this podcast is going to be. But if you have any other things that you want to hear talked about on here, just let me know. Email the pod, dennisandfriendspod at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at dennisandfriendspod. Anywho, it's time for a make segment because like I said, it's very long, but it's very good. Very excited to have this first time guest on. Hope you guys are ready. Here we go.
Okay, here we are. Tonight's main segment is all about the NBA playoffs. It is deep into the night on a Sunday night. The regular season is like almost over. There's like maybe a game left at this point. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're here to preview all the first round matchups now that they're finalized, all the playing games. And here to do that with me is a first time guest to the show. He's a great friend of mine. I'm very excited to finally have him on. We've been talking about this for a few weeks now. So joining me tonight for the very first time is the legendary Jack Coney. What's up, my guy? What is going on, brother? It is good to be here. I'm excited to get down to the business and and discuss our, our favorite topic of mutual interest. Yes. The good old NBA. That's right. That's right. A little, little background on our relationship. We've known each other like 10 years now at this point. It's been about that. Maybe a little over that middle school so seventh grade yeah, yeah. We, were, we were like 13 so yeah i think 10 years yeah yeah we went to middle school high school and college together yeah we were roommates three semesters in college well we share a lot of interests choir because we were in choir together so naturally we have a lot of similar musical tastes and opinions we share the same birthday but he's a year older than me and i'm a little jealous yeah but as jet just alluded to we especially bond over all, all sports pretty much and yeah but not yeah. more than basketball of course of course and especially our mavs and the nba so like i said we're here it's sunday night we're doing this on zoom jet is still at acu finishing up this degree here in a few weeks, weeks which baby. three more weeks almost there and so we're going to preview all the matchups spend out five minutes on each matchup which will be a little bit interesting depending on who we pick for the playing games and stuff but I'm sure we'll hypothetically like say like, well, if this team wins or whatever, right. we'll get to that point. Anyway, let's get after it. Let's start out East. First right. playing game is Tuesday. Nets are hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers who have fallen off a lot since the start of the year. Started like third in the East. Yeah. And, and now they're eighth. eighth so so uh, yeah, Nets are at home. Kyrie has been blessed with um, the, the mandate being gone in New York. Mm-hmm. Can't say that about a specific person on the 76ers that we're about to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Why don't you give me your thoughts on this matchup and who do you see winning? The good thing for Cleveland is that they are getting healthy at the right time. They got Mobley back. Jared Allen should be. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not for this game, but maybe okay. if they lose. If they, yeah. If they snag the eight seed, which I, I, and I'll, I'll just say that right here at the beginning, they're not going to be Brooklyn. Um, they're not going to be Brooklyn in, in this game. Uh, I think Brooklyn's going to be really tough out in these playoffs. And I think that they kind of got Brooklyn. Brooklyn really played well down the stretch. They, they've won four in a row. They're, they're clicking heading into the right part of the season. And they just beat Cleveland this past week. And I think that, you know, even Cleveland adding Karis LeVert and getting this all-star season out of Darius Garland, um, they're still a couple of years away from really contending. Um, and they have good young piece, pieces, you know, in, in Mobley and, and Jared Allen and Kevin Love, you know, he was scorching uh, today. He had, he had 32 points in less than 15 minutes, which is... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, eight, he's, and he's, he's, he's probably going to be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. And, and shout-out to Cleveland and that team for having their first winning season without LeBron since, like, 98. But they um, yeah, lose this game to Brooklyn. And I, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. That's, that's just my take. What are, what are your thoughts on, on that Cleveland game? I think Brooklyn wins it, but if you're the Nets... Do you want to play 
Milwaukee in the first round, or do you want to play Miami in the first round? You're not you're not playing Milwaukee. Or Boston, sorry. Yeah, I keep thinking Milwaukee's the two, but they're the three. Did you see that tiebreaker scenario, though? Yeah, it was super. It was four. It was yeah. four tiebreakers because they had the same in-conference record. They had the same record against each other, and um, they were both division winners. Yeah. And so it came down to, like, um, oh, I forget what the, what the actual tiebreaker was. Oh, it was it was uh, wins against uh, 500, like, winning opponents. So uh, Boston has beaten more winning teams. And so same record, same record against each other and everything. And Boston snags the two seed at 51 and 31. In that case, I'm just speaking from the perspective of Brooklyn, because I think they're going to win this game. And if they don't, then they'll probably win the other game. But also if they play Atlanta, I would be much more concerned because of Trey. Atlanta's on the road, though. Like they're really on the road. Kai and, and KD are finally starting to like gel a little bit yeah. like yeah. they played well today. I mean, they play the Pacers, so it's not like it's a, you know, an right. elite team by any means. Right. But they, they look good. Their defense is still sus, but I think they'll be able to just have more offensive firepower to, to get through yeah. that game on Tuesday night. Yeah. I okay. think so. Hawks Hornets. Cause the Hornets are weird. You notice yeah. how weird they are? They're like very oh, middle of the road team. I hope that this is the the game because they'll have games every now and then where they just make everything. Like they score 150 points. I hope this is the game. Yeah, <laughs> that think, it happens. You know, be there because I don't think either of us like Trey Young or this Hawks team very no, much. No, no, <laughs> not at all. And I want them yeah. to be gone as soon as possible. That's what I want to happen. What I think is going to happen. Atlanta's at home. Is that is that what I'm seeing? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. They play a lot better at home. A lot yeah, better at home. Twenty-seven so. and fourteen at home, and sixteen and twenty-five on the road. Yeah, I'm gonna take Atlanta then. Yeah. I don't like saying that. I think that's probably what's going to happen. But I would, like I said, would not be surprised if Charlotte decides to to go off. And they have experience in this game too from last year, right? Which I mean, the Hawks obviously completely different experience. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're crying out loud. But I think a pretty lucky road to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Right, of course, of course. But in the sense of Charlotte, they they know because they had a, a good like stretch. Actually, no, they got killed last year. I'm sorry, they played Indy last year in the playing game, and they kind of just got shell shocked because they're so young. The I don't think that happens this year because they have the extra year of experience. I think the Hornets are. I think they they have a little bit more to play for. I think that they are really hungry for this. They want to kind of prove like, hey, like because they were another team that started out really hot. The Cavs and them were in the top four, um, like through to like 20 games in the East. And like, so, I mean, they uh, obviously slumped a little bit. They're back on the right ship. They've won three in a row. They're six and four in their last 10. I would love to see them win. However, I think that Atlanta is going to beat them. They're at home. Uh, I think Trey becomes ice Trey at home and, He'll probably do one of his, you know, 30-point, 10-assist games. That team, especially if the Hawks get John Collins back at any point, then that team is kind of scary. And then I also think that if Atlanta is to win this game, then they are going to go beat Cleveland in the in the second. Yeah. As much as I hate to say that. I think Cleveland's really good defensively, and I think that they can throw a lot at the Hawks. Other players, I don't think they have anybody that can really keep up with Trey. They don't have that perimeter defense. That, right. Um, so I, 
it's going to be a lot on Mobley and Allen to keep the other guys on, you know, when they're playing help defense, it's going to be a lot on them to kind of control everything. So my ideal matchups for round one then in the East would be Boston and Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn being the seven seed and then yeah. traveling to Miami for games one and two of the first round there. I am going to agree. I don't want to agree with you, but I also don't think you want me to agree with me either. <laughs> Because I don't want Atlanta to make it in the main thing. I don't want to be true, but I think that's what's going to happen. I, I, you know, last year I said, oh, Knicks versus Hawks. Knicks got it easy. Knicks defense is going to is going to get Trey Young, and then they lost one. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to doubt that team because I know that they're a lot better than they've been playing, and they're really good at home. And they won two games in Philly last year in that um, Eastern Conference semifinal series. I think that. In a hypothetical Atlanta Miami matchup, it's at four one. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. easy. You know, just because yeah. they're going to have so many guys, there's to go to throw a tray. You know, and shooting wise, like Atlanta is a really good shooting team, but if anyone has the shooting to keep up with them, it's Miami. Yeah, and uh, they have the guys to like disrupt guys like Bogdanovich and Herder and and if you're. If I'm going to take Bam over Capella in a seven-game series, yeah, absolutely. And all the other role guys for Miami, they're so deep, you know? And, yeah. And they've, they've really been tested this season because they had so many injuries earlier in the season. Bam and Jimmy missed a lot of time, and so they, they like, they're, you know, undrafted guys had to step up and play really well. So mm-hmm. I think they're ready for this moment. I don't think that they are coming out of the East, but I think that they are going to make another good run. Um at the Eastern Conference. Uh, quick update. Uh, the Mavs are playing the first game on Saturday. Okay. Like the whole day. They're at noon. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, good grief. Love that. Also, Davion Mitchell had 15 assists tonight, and they beat the Suns. I mean, I know it doesn't matter, but... And the Suns were resting a lot of guys. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, I think that the only main guy that played was Cam Johnson, and he's, you know... Yeah. Up for six man of the year. Not going right. to win. It's going to yeah. be hero, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which. Lakers, we, Nuggets overtime. Because Austin Reese has a triple double. How dumb is that? <laughs> Undrafted. Yeah. Oh, you boy, too. Oh, gross. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> says the UT fans here. Let's jump back to the Heat and Celtics series a little more in depth later, but let's talk about the series that we do know for yes. sure. I want to start. With Bucks Bulls, the three six. <laughs> I think they're gonna. I think the Bulls are gonna get swept. I'm sorry, the, JT. I'm sorry to all my Bulls friends and followers out there, which is like. I would years. love. I would love it if DeRozan kind of went like Kobe mode, how he had been like during February and a couple yeah. times recently in that fifty point game. That that Bucks team is really good, and even when Dallas was beating them, I was like, this team is deep. They they have a lot of good, experienced guys. When Giannis wants to, he can be the best player on the planet. I mean, who who does Chicago have that they're going to throw at Giannis to stop him? Patrick oh. Williams, maybe. No, no, no man. I mean. Williams is strong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's he's a strong guy. He's a good defender, but he ain't slowing down Giannis. Giannis is a freight train. And the the Bucks were four and zero against him in the regular season. Uh, they were three and one against him last season. They they just have the Bulls number in recent years. And I think the Bulls are a couple of moves away from really contending because I think Zach Levine can be 
like the best player on a contending team, maybe not a championship team, but a contending team, but they're still not close with all the injuries that they've sustained this year with Lonzo being out and Alex Caruso. Cause they were number one in the East. Um, mm-hmm. Before into- all those injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's close. If anything, it'll be a gentleman's sweep four one. Milwaukee wraps it up at home in game five, but I agree. I think, I think it'll be a sweep. Yeah. It's not, like not even close. And the bulls have been just bad against good teams all year. And I don't expect that to, to change in the slightest especially since Lonzo's out because Lonzo could be a guy I mean we've already talked about it they don't have anybody to throw at Giannis but Lonzo's a guy that they could throw out of Chris or Drew right and now you're relying a lot more on Levine DeRozan and Caruso to pick up that slack that's just not going to be enough you know and also I'll point out Chicago is the only team in the east even in the play-in teams that that are like in the playoff picture that have a negative plus minus they Yeesh. like when they're losing, they are not just losing. They, they're getting pounded and not even just like when their guys have been hurt, but when they're healthy, they've, they've been bad as of late, at least since the all-star break. I think that's a pretty clear one. I don't think there's any chance of an upset there. I, I, I still see Milwaukee going back to at least the Eastern conference finals this year. So yeah, absolutely. So. Interesting thing. I know we keep going back and forth on the schedule. I think part of the reason why, the Mavs game is early is because the stars are also playing at home on Saturday at seven. (laughs) That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Love that. Thank you for considering that. That's a beating. Considering the fans, man. I mean, that just sucks, you know, and the arena staff, that's a long day. Cause it's like playoff games are just like longer days in general because the games are longer. It's a lot more people like it's going to be packed capacity. Yeah. Good grief. Let's go stars. Yeah, it's true. Let's go stars. Also, like, come on, man. Okay, Sixers Raptors. I alluded to it earlier. The person that I am referring to is Matisse Thybul, who is the 76ers best defender, probably on the whole team, but definitely outside of Embiid is the best defender, correct? Yeah. Am I I right for saying that? Okay. I I would agree wholeheartedly with that, yeah. So he is not vaccinated, which, you know, is fine, whatever, but... They have to play in Canada for and, two, and, maybe three games. And even go there. Yeah. He literally cannot enter the country. Like, yeah. cannot even be with the team. They played each other earlier this week. The Raptors took advantage of him not being there pretty tremendously, you know, from an offensive standpoint, yep. because they don't have anybody to, like, perimeter wise, he's their best guy. And so that makes life significantly easier for the likes of Pascal and for yeah. Freddie Van Vliet and, and Scotty Barnes. The Raptors have been one of the best teams at defending Joel Embiid for the past like four seasons. Yeah. They and just look back at the title run they had. Their system works against against him. They they shadow a lot with him and they get him to kind of speed up and, and rush his shots. I've seen a lot of really good videos of like OG helping off the wing, but not, not like a full help, not a double team, but just a nice shadow. And um, same with Scotty Barnes, like this season. And he's, he's taken a lot from, from OG and from others. And Scotty has the makeup, like the body frame to be a really good defender too. I think Toronto might win this series. I think that this might be the best first round matchup out of, out of both conferences. I really, really? do. Okay. It has the potential to be that. Okay. I don't 
have much else to add to that, you know? Like, I, you make a lot of good points. And the fact that Pascal specifically has been playing probably his best ball all year. Like, he's kind of made a run. I mentioned this on previous episodes and off-air with a lot of people. You have to consider him for third-team All-NBA at this point, just with the way that he has played this last stretch of the year. And obviously, Fred made the All-Star team. Scotty Barnes has been one of the best, if not the best rookie this year. You know, obviously, you can make a case for Mobley. You can make a case for Cade. We'll get to that later. But he's been pretty great for them. And they had the experience, too. Like, like Freddie and Pascal being the the core of that team that's still there from 2019, Mm -hmm. that's going to go a long way for them, for sure. Whereas for the Sixers, it's like, eh, I don't know. They have experience, too. Not to say they don't, but there's that different sort of mentality when you win a championship and you know how long it takes to get there and how much it takes to get there that obviously the Sixers don't have outside of Danny Green. So Yeah. The Sixers, like we've been saying, like, you know, trust the process ever since they've made the playoffs, you know, like four, five years ago, 2018, 2019, we were like, yeah, this Sixers team has what it takes. And that was with Ben Simmons. That was when they added Tobias Harris. And we were like, oh, okay, that's, this is it. That was when they added Seth Curry, when they added Danny Green, when they added the veterans to make to really round out the roster. This team has James Harden now. James Harden has been struggling a lot as of late. They have an MVP-level Joel Embiid, and he's my MVP, I think, this year. Um, if, if I, you know, Because I know the media is not going to give it to Luka. I, I, would, I would give it to Luka. But, right. You know, if I'm deciding who's going to win it, I think Joel Embiid wins it. And and they've been really solid all year. Um, Obviously, falling from two to four is kind of unfavorable for them in the second round, especially if they make it there. But I just don't see how this team is any better than any of the teams that have been knocked out in previous years. And Harden just hasn't looked good Mm -mm. in the last, like, couple weeks either. He came on and he he looked fine and he looked like, you know, the first, like, four games that he was there, they won pretty decidingly and... But now, yeah, I mean, they've been pretty mediocre over the past month. Yeah, I just think it's it's a shame that we're watching a really great prime in Joel Embiid kind of go to waste by these first and second round exits uh, over the past yeah. four years. I'm going to say, gosh, man, I think it's close either way, yeah. regardless of Thibault's vac status. <sighs> but I, I feel a lot more lenient about giving it to the Raptors, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I mean, and the pressure is not on them to no. win the series at all. Like, I think them making the playoffs this year, honestly, is kind of a surprise with how, how they know. started. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were 13th in the East in December, you yeah. know? I mean, they they have had the fifth best record in the NBA since the turn of the year, since the turn of, turn of the calendar. They, they've impressed. They are consistent. They're good defensively. They have the experience. Great coach. I want to say, yeah, and a great coach. Uh, I want to say them in six. Um, if Harden plays the way that we know he can play, then I'm going to say Sixers in seven. But I mean, we also know James Harden chokes in the playoffs. That's and that's been that way for almost a decade now. So. Yeah, I'm going to say it goes seven, and I'm going to say the Raptors. <laughs> oh boy, road baby. Well. No, hold on. I think the Raptors have to win it in six. I would agree with that. I don't think Joel Embiid is going to lose a game seven at home in this first round, like this year's Joel Embiid. You know, I think he has kind of stepped it up to that top tier, S tier kind of player. Um, and and he, I think he'll 
come up big for them in, in a game seven kind of moment. I think if the Raptors let it go to a game seven, then it's, it's the Sixers series. And you have Thibel back in a game seven as, as opposed to not having him in a game six. Right. In the case of the Nets winning the seventh seed, I think they win against the Celtics. I think they do too. I think that the Celtics are the second toughest matchup for them. I think Milwaukee would be toughest, but yeah. obviously got that third seed now. But that would be a, a semifinals matchup if Brooklyn were to beat Boston. And I think they would. I think that Boston is pretty, I mean, defensively, they're really good, number one defense in the league, but they are very streaky when it comes to their shooting. Uh, they don't have a lot of consistent shooters. Tatum's been miraculous this second half of the season. And since the All-Star break specifically, he's been really great. He's shooting like 40% from three since then. Jalen Brown had a good year, not a great year, not the leap forward we were expecting from him. Although he has come on lately. He has come on lately, that is true. Grant Williams and Robert Williams both have stepped up a lot. Um, both have improved tremendously. Robert Williams really anchors that defense. Um, and we saw what he can do in the playoffs last year, blocking nine shots in a game. I mean, he, However, he won't be available at the series. He won't. I did not know he was injured. Really? Yeah, he's out this series. He may not be back till second round. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that changes a lot. And <laughs> it doesn't really change a lot in my prediction, though. He partially tore his meniscus. Mm, and good. he had surgery. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that, yeah. I um, can't believe you didn't know this. I, yeah. He's like you know, a week old. <laughs> He's still, he's still, you know, like being considered for defensive player of the year and stuff. And so I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, Robert Williams, he's out there. He's, he's blocking shots, getting rebounds, dunking on people. Yeah. I think even with, if they had Robert Williams, I, st- I still think Brooklyn, I, I'm not going to doubt the power of Kevin Durant in the playoffs um, without Kyrie last year and without Harden for part of that series. I mean, he, against Milwaukee, he, he just, he took it over and he was a foot literally his, his own foot away from winning that series on his own. Basically. I, I really like Brooklyn out East. I think that they might make a run at the Eastern conference finals. And I, I take them in that series against Boston. I would agree. Especially if time Lord's not there because it's yeah. not the same defense at all. If for some reason, any of the other three teams in the play and make it, is there mm-hmm. anybody that stands a chance against Boston of those three? Cause I don't think there is. It's either going to be Brooklyn or Cleveland, right? Because whoever wins the 8-7 game will, will be the 7 seed. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if it's, if, I mean, if it's Brooklyn, I take Brooklyn in 6. If it's Cleveland, I'd probably take Boston in 5. Like 5, yeah. Okay. I think Darius Garland could make it interesting. And if the Cavs are you know playing with a fully healthy Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, then that makes a difference too. I just think Boston has the star power. Boston has the depth. Both teams are really good defensively, so I think it could be interesting. But yeah, I'd, I'd say five if it was Cleveland. I, I only think the the only team that has a chance against Miami, I think, would be Brooklyn for that eight seed. If Brooklyn were to lose against Cleveland and then beat whoever was the winner of the nine ten game, let's say Cleveland wins the first play in. And then the Nets, Hawks, and Hornets are the three remaining for that eight seed. If the Heat play the Nets, I think Miami wins, but I think it's close, like seven games probably. I think out of every team that has a that has home court advantage in this first round in the whole NBA, in the West included, I think that Miami's the most likely 
to be upset in the first round. And they're a one seed, and that's saying a lot. I think they're big pretenders. I think that they have the shooting and the defensive prowess to be able to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I don't think that, and I'll say this, and it's a hot take maybe, but I think Jimmy Butler is a poison. I love him. Well, I mean... I think he plays really hard. Uh, I love watching him play, but I think he's toxic. I mean, the tirade that happened a couple weeks ago been something like that on every team he's been on since Chicago. Yeah, really. So he didn't get along with Thibodeau in Chicago. That blew up. He obviously kind of blew stuff up himself in Minnesota by calling everybody else trash. He was the main issue in Philadelphia. Ben Simmons was a big issue too. I just don't see him being a really key part of any championship team. Okay, breaking news. Well, not really breaking news because I think we expected this, but Frank Vogel is going to get fired. Fired? Is that the terminology there that they're using? Woj said he has coached his final game for the Lakers, a decision that's expected to be shared with him as soon as Monday. So, yes, that was a very nice way of saying it. Yeah. What do you think about Miami and who they're going to – Take on in the first round. I think as long as it's not Brooklyn, they're fine because they're they have a deep team. They've got a lot of like gritty guys. Bam has been playing really great this year. Obviously, Tyler Hero has been awesome as a six man. And they've got guys who have done it before, like PJ Tucker is gonna make a huge difference for them, especially now that he has been there and done that, being on that Bucks team last year. Obviously, we know how Jimmy is. He carried them to the finals a few years back. I mean, they have a lot of their guys still from that finals round, too. Just added Kyle Lowry, who's a champion, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I don't expect them to have any trouble with anybody they face unless it's the Nets. I think of of those other three, Atlanta would probably be the most troubling just because of Trey in some ways. But they're going to be able to shut down anybody that's not named Trey. And Atlanta doesn't have the defense to to keep up with them. No. I think that's enough Eastern conference talk don't yeah. you think okay yeah i don't think the champion is coming out of the east unless it's milwaukee i agree go ahead and move it over to the much more uh exciting yes West. yes in our opinion okay first play in wolves and clippers the way that the clippers have been playing with paul george back they've won five in a row man they look good robert covington man he's he's been playing well norm powell's back yeah norman powell back I really want to say Clippers here. I also don't want to say Clippers here because the deeper that they get into the playoffs, the more likely Kawhi is to make a return. It's still kind of unlikely because I, I, at the beginning of the season, I said I think that this in, this kind of injury is a season-long like sit for, for Kawhi. I like the Clippers in that game. Minnesota's really good at home, so it's really going to take a Paul George hero game, I think. But they're, they're deeper than Minnesota, and unless... Anthony Edwards has a berserk game, then I think I'm going to take the Clippers narrowly edging out the Timberwolves, taking that seven seed. I think the Wolves are going to win. They've been good. They Yeah, they've been, they've been good. And I think the fact that they're at home and they seem to be playing with a lot of confidence and they have a lot of length too, you know? So that's a good, from a matchup standpoint, that's good for them because the Clippers have a lot of length. They have a lot of wing guys. And that can be harder for some teams that don't have that. But... In their case, I mean, Ant is not small by any means. D'Angelo yeah. is a pretty decently tall point guard. Cat, obviously, is huge. You have guys like Jared Vanderbilt, who's a pretty big guy. Malik Beasley, 
Pat Bev plays bigger than he is, you know, things like that. Well, we'll see if he doesn't get suspended after the stupidity that he did <laughs> earlier right, tonight. Right. And you've got guys like Jaden McDaniels and and uh, Jalen Noel, Nas Reed, Torian Prince, all capable defenders, all athletic, long guys that they're, they're, not, they're nothing to laugh at. That's for sure. And like I said, I think it'll be close. It yeah. could go either way. But yeah, I respect I respect the Timberwolves pick definitely. I don't I don't like the T Wolves. Obviously, you and yeah. I both have similar opinions on Cat and Patrick Beverly, who's a scrub. Yes, <laughs> in every, every meaning of the word, bona fide scrub. Yes, I think if you are the Grizzlies, you're rooting hard for the Wolves to win that game. I agree because if you have to play the Clippers in the first round, watch out. Because I think the Clippers will rough them up. Not not to say that they're going to win the series, but they'll make life miserable for that team. Miserable. The Grizzlies are a team that want to contend for a title this year. They think that they can. I personally don't think that they'll get to the finals, but their road to the finals, if Los Angeles wins, is going to be the Clippers for, I think, seven games. I, I don't see that series being a short series at all. You probably have Golden State next with a healthy Curry, hopefully, for yeah. Golden State. Yeah, he should be back. And then Phoenix? Like, is that is that what you want your road to the finals to be if you're Memphis? Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> like, that, that is a marathon. So, yeah, I agree. I think if you're Memphis, you definitely want that Minnesota matchup. But then even if the Clippers don't win and they get the eighth seed, if you're Phoenix, you're like, ah, well, this is going to be a rougher first round. So right. if you're Phoenix, you're also like, well, yeah, let's hope the the Wolves lose. Yeah, on uh, on all that. So Minnesota is who either one of those top two seeds want. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't really care about this other playing game because it doesn't matter. No. I think <laughs> the Wolves and the Clippers are going to be the seven eight regardless. So I, I mean, for the fun of it. I think the Pelicans are going to win. They have a better team technically, but pop is pop. And I don't go against pop. So I'm going to say the Spurs win the first game and then they're going to get destroyed by whoever they play the second game. I agree. The, the Spurs have been playing really well as of late. They played well for three quarters against the Mavs tonight. They've been, they've been playing some really good teams, really close and really tough. They, they barely lost to um, the Warriors the other night. They lost by six to the T-Wolves. Um, they beat the Nuggets uh, recently. They lost by one to the Grizzlies. They beat the Pelicans last time they played, and they they beat the Warriors uh, um, on on March twentieth. So like they they've beat some good teams. They've been competing. I think that they have the most improved player of the year on their team in Dejounte Murray. I think that that award should be his. You could make a case for Jaw. Obviously, you could make a case for Darius Garland too. But I think I really like DeJounte Murray. And I think that the Spurs defensively are a lot better than the Pelicans. Unless the Pelicans plan on like actually using their roster, <laughs> like all of it in this play-in game, then I don't think they're I don't I don't think it's gonna be particularly close. Cause like where's Brandon Ingram been? Have they just been resting him? I guess or, so. Yeah, because I mean he didn't play uh Well nobody for them played tonight, which is stupid. Right. Like you said, it doesn't make much of a difference. Because whoever wins is going to lose the next game. I'd like to see the Spurs win. I'd like to see Pop get a chance at the playoffs at least. I respect the man, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And this may, I don't think this is Pop's last year. It might be. So it'd be nice for him to get a, a playoff dub, technically. Warriors Nuggets is the 3 6. Yeah. It's oh, a, boy. Mm. Oh, boy. This is, I think it's a lot closer than I think people think, regardless of if Steph is there or not. Jokic is either the 1A or 1B MVP this year. You know, whoever wins the award, I don't think the loser is getting robbed between those two. No. I think it was just a really close race. And, um, I mean, he's been, he's been playing out of his, out of his mind the last, like, couple weeks. Um, I think last six games he's averaging, like, 37 points, 17 rebounds, and seven assists. So, like, that's ridiculous. If you get good – if you get a decent performance out of Will Barton – and Aaron Gordon, and the rest of that supporting cast. The rest of the supporting cast kind of doesn't matter as much because those guys have the ball in their hand most of the time when Jokic doesn't. I, I think the Nuggets could, could make that really interesting. I, I'm not going to bet against Golden State in the playoffs because they have Draymond, who's one of the better leaders in the league. They've got Clay back, and he's been playing great. They've got Steve Kerr as their coach. I don't, I don't want to bet against them. And that's what, like my, my team other than the Mavs, too. I'm going to go Warriors in... Seven. That's probably where I stand too. But I think it's really close, and I think the Nuggets could win in six. It's kind of like that series back in back in the East with Philadelphia and Toronto, where if like I think that the Nuggets will have a chance to win in six, just like Toronto. But if they let it go back to Golden State, I think it's I think it's Warriors. The the Warriors defensive game plan. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, if you're playing the Nuggets, it's like. Either you throw everything at Jokic and try to slow him down, or you just accept the fact that he's going to drop 50, 15, and 15 every night, and you try to make anybody else that's not him beat you, especially when you don't have Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. But if Clay's not Clay, by the way, Clay's been awesome the last few games. Yeah. If Steph is not back, the Nuggets better take advantage of however long he is out if he misses part of the series because that changes the whole way that they are able to defend all those other guys. Mm -hmm. Not to say that Jordan Poole can't go off for 30 because he definitely can. Yeah. But it's Steph just opens up so much of their, of the way that they run. And even though Steph clay and Draymond have not played more than like 10 or 15 minutes this year on the floor together, you would think that would be a cause of, for concern because they haven't, but they've won championships together. So I don't find that to be a particularly very like detrimental factor, them not playing as much together. They'll be able to find a way because they have, you know, just the history together. So I am in the camp of Steph better come back quickly, you know, for them to be more secure. But I do think the Warriors just have just more, you know, because the Nuggets besides Jokic, is awful. Yeah. Like they're a lottery team without him. Absolutely. Like Monty like Morris, Will Martin, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's thing. Exactly. They have decent guys, not to say that those guys are bad NBA players. Right. But it's just not the same, you know, and the Warriors have a, a deeper bench and they have guys. They could have a 10 deep rotation. Yeah, you have Steph, Clay, Draymond, uh Looney and Wiggins. So that's your starting five. But then you have Poole, who has been great. You have Kaminga, who has been great. You have seasoned vets in Andre and Bielitsa and Otto Porter. That's five guys right there. 
not even counting uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, who's had a lot of run out of necessity, but that's helped him in his development. Not yeah. to mention Moses Booty, who's had a lot of great games lately. He started. Um, starting, too. I, they just have the, the deeper team. They have the better coach. You know, I think Michael Malone is vastly overrated. Vastly, vastly overrated. I don't think he's all that. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I don't think he's a elite coach as, or a great coach as some people make him out to be. Same so, tier as like Frank Vogel to me. And Frank Vogel's always been like a meh coach. Yeah. Who Frank Vogel needs a job now. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's another story in itself. Yeah. I think the Warriors win regardless. Yeah. But if Steph if Steph comes back like game one, yeah. I think they win at five. But if he's yeah. not back till like later, they'll win in six or seven. I'll point this out too. The Nuggets defense is atrocious. They are <laughs> absolutely terrible. Like I'll just name off some point totals they've given up recently. They have 146 to the Lakers tonight. The Lakers who didn't have LeBron. The Lakers starting five tonight was Austin Reeves, Talon Horton Tucker, Malik Monk, Gabriel. Is that what's it? Winning Gabriel. Winning Gabriel and Stanley Johnson. That was their starting five. And Malik Monk had 41. Austin Reeves had a triple double. They dropped 146 points. They let the Spurs, who are one of the worst scoring teams in the league and one of the worst shooting teams in the league, drop 116 on them. The Nug- or the Timberwolves like ran up and down the floor on them with fast break points and dropped 136 on them. The Raptors score 127. The Celtics score 124. They let the Suns score 140. I mean, their defense is horrible. Even without Curry, the Warriors are a really good offensive team. So I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. If Curry comes back early, then it's it's four or five games. They're, they're gonna. I think the Warriors win this series though, um, unless Jokic just has a unearthly performance yeah which can't doubt him can't doubt him he i yeah. mean he might win an mvp he's one of the most efficient players of all time so yeah, he, yeah it, it could happen okay let's talk hypotheticals between the suns and the grizzlies in a hypothetical suns and timberwolves matchup how Four does one. that go okay i think same way it could be a sweep i mean the, here's my thing about phoenix though they have been really good all year. They started to rest guys a little bit here towards the end of the season. But even when they weren't resting guys, they were not playing this dominant style basketball that they had been doing all season long. They have lost momentum heading into the playoffs, and I think that is dangerous for them. I think they'll get out of the first round easy. I think, and we'll talk about Dallas here in a second, I think in a second round matchup with Dallas, they even though Dallas has not beat them this year, even though we went 0-4, I think that Dallas, with the way that we are playing right now, the the new revamped roster that we've got since the trade deadline, I think that this Dallas team is ready to take on a Goliath like that and take them down. I think defensively, they're about the same. They like Dallas and Phoenix. Um, and like like I said, we'll get to them in a minute. I think Phoenix really needs to like turn it on in this Minnesota series if they want to get to back to the Western Conference Finals and have a chance to go back to the finals. Yeah, four one. Cat yeah. wins them a game by dropping fifty. Yeah. He just dominates Aiton and Yeah. D'Angelo finds a hot shooting night. And I think Ant's gonna struggle a little bit, I think, his first playoffs, but he'll have one game where he'll be fine. And I think that's the game that they win. However, if they play the Clippers it's gonna be Phoenix. What was the series last year in the conference finals? Was it six or five? Uh let me look it up. 
I think it was six. I think it was six. Because it ended in L.A., right? I'm pretty sure. Okay, so it was definitely in six. I think the only way that the Clippers could have a chance at getting past this Phoenix team is is if they had Kawhi. Phoenix is really good, and that's that's really just it. They they're even without Chris Paul this season, they were really good. If Paul George again had just a ridiculous series and Rocco shot fifty percent from three, and Norman Powell averaged twenty, and Reggie Jackson went toe to toe with Chris Paul, then it, it it might be interesting. But I don't see it going further than six. I've, I'm the same way, but it's like a it's going to be a rough six for the Clippers or for the Suns. Yeah, because I mean, it's going to be tough. And especially in the sense of like those Clippers role players have had a year to like get better is a lot better player than he was last year when they played them. Yeah. Uh, Hartenstein has been like a very nice surprise for them. They have Norm Powell. They have Rocco who Rocco can get hot. He dropped 40 the other night. I know different circumstances, but Amir coffee has been a very pleasant surprise for them this year. Yeah. Ty Lu is a very good playoff coach and we've seen that the last few years because of the, what he's done against our team. And Marcus Morris can always go off. You got Luke Kennard, who's the best three point shooter in the league. So they, they have the depth that Phoenix has to, to be able to compete. So, um, this, this will be a good first round series. If it ends up being the Clippers as the eight seed for sure. Yeah, I agree. Insert the Grizzlies into this equation. If they play the Wolves, is it 4-1? I think it's 4-1. I think it's 4-2. The, to me, the Grizzlies are either really impressive or really mediocre. If all their guys are clicking and, and they score 50 points in a quarter like they did the other night, then you know they're, they're rolling. And they have Jaw back, with it, which is really big, and he's been playing – Excellent basketball. He'll be an all NBA performer. I don't know, man, something about Memphis. They, I I just, I've never really bought into like, Oh, they're a great team. Um, and it might be the fact that Dallas beat them three times this year. And I was like, Oh, I mean, they didn't ever really trounce us. So I don't, I don't know, but, um, I want to say six. I, I think that it could, it will be a more competitive series than just five games. I'm gonna say five. Just because the Grizzlies' defense is really good, they're first in like a lot of things, like for, forcing turnovers and steals, and yeah. working out of that into transition and stuff. So they're really fast. Jaron Jackson Jr. anchoring that defense is really big. I think he he should win Defensive Player of the Year. I'll I'll get to him later. I have some okay. thoughts on him. Okay, um, <laughs> you have some reservations. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say it now he fouls too much. Yeah. He's sure. an idiot when it comes to that. Like he fouls too much. I'm sorry. Blocks, man. <laughs> like he's great. Don't get me wrong, but he, there's moments where like, are you disciplined enough to do this, dude? Like mm-hmm. hold it down, you know? Like yeah. you don't have to be a little wild. Right. And it comes off that way sometimes. So that's just I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't foresee him winning defensive player of the year particularly close either. I don't know if he's even a finalist, to be honest with you. Well, he might be, depending on the field, but I don't think he wins it. But that's a whole other story. Now, if the Clippers play the Grizzlies. This is where this is where I... 
I think it goes seven. I'm going to say that right now. I think it goes seven. I think it goes six, and I think it's Clippers. Okay. I I, I hate it because I don't like the Clippers. I I, I mean, we, we have a lot of good reasons to not like the Clippers, you and I. Right. Um, but, man, I they're more experienced. They have the shooting to do it. They have the defense to do it. Yeah. They have the star player to do it. Paul George, as much as I've been critical of him in the past, he really did step it up last year. He looked amazing in the playoffs. And he's looked amazing since he's come back. He's got that kind of fire in his eyes when he's playing and that kind of like pep in his step that looks like he is rested. He is ready to take on anybody. And I don't think he's scared of of a upstart Memphis team like this. I think Memphis is really good and they're going to be they're going to be really good as long as John Morant's there because he's yeah, a absolutely. player. But I think that this is not their year, especially if they have to play the Clippers in the first round. I think the Cliffs went in seven. Let's go. Let's go. Because they're just going to find ways, you know? I think Ty Lue is going to be... found ways against the maps, you know? It's going to be kind of how... I, th- I think the Grizzlies might go up early in the series, but I think that the Clippers will just continue to kind of chip away at at every single game and they're never going to be out of it. They're never going to be blown out. Um, they, yeah. And I mentioned this before. Jaw is easier to game plan against. I think than Luca is. I agree. Because I think you force Jaw to be a shooter as opposed to driving to the rim. Right. The difference here though, is that the Grizzlies definitely have a deeper team than the Mavs did last year per right. se. Like, you have to account for Desmond Bain. You have to account for Jaron Jackson Jr. You have to account for, you know, like Melton has been surprisingly very good this year, or especially the last little bit. Ty Jones has been Dylan very Brooks. good. Dylan Brooks has been awesome since. Brooks was averaging 18. Yeah, which is nuts to think about. So Yeah, and Brandon Clark off the bench. I mean, he's been great. Uh, Zaire Williams has been a really Yeah, big really interesting. Yeah, like I was, I was shocked when they drafted him as high as they did, but he's paid off. He's been really good. Slow mo, you can't forget about slow mo. I want to forget about slow mo, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're they're a deep team, but yeah, man, I'm I'm all for that that uh, Clippers and seven pick too. I, I dig it. I love okay. that. All right, is it time to to stress a little bit? It's time to talk about good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, man. Okay. So we're ending with our, our homer time. The Mavs are playing the Jazz, and it would be fine. I mean, it's not ideal because we should be the three. We had chances to be the three. I don't like the Jazz because they blew an 18-point lead the other day against the Warriors. And because of that game, and we're not tied in the standings, we're now the four instead of the three. Well, here's the thing. It's not because of that game. It's because the Mavs. Well, the Mavs also lost to like against bad teams. Yeah, that, like Orlando and Washington and all that. Two point loss to Washington a couple weeks ago. Absolutely awful. The blowout loss at uh, the Hornets. The Hornets aren't a bad team, but that was just that was terrible. That game was so weird. Getting smoked by the Timberwolves also really hurt. That one sixteen to uh, ninety five game after we had just mm-hmm. beat them. And then uh, that Knicks loss, man, that made me mad more than anything this season. That Knicks yeah. loss of like 30. Yeah, at home too. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not great. Anyway, that doesn't matter. 
No. It is what it is. All that matters is right now we have the 49 and 33 Jazz coming to town. Take on our 52 and 30 Dallas Mavericks. That's right. Game one is Saturday at noon, as we just found out and as we just mentioned earlier. It would be fine if Luca didn't strain his calf. If you didn't know, Luca left the game tonight because of own power. He walked under off his own power. And not in the place where it was really close to his Achilles, supposedly. But we'll see how true that is. But he did not return, obviously. And I think at that point in the game and at that point in the Warriors-Pelicans game, there probably is an argument that maybe he shouldn't have been out there to begin with. But it doesn't matter. You didn't. You never know. And the Pels came back. They like made it a 10-point game at some point before yeah. the Warriors finally blew it open because Clay had like 50 points. I think Luke is going to be out game one, especially if it's a noon Saturday tip off. I think he's out game one just it's to be safe a day right now. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think back to the Kevin Durant calf injury, like in the, in the 2019 playoffs, then ha- him coming back. Cause they said, you know, calf initially, and then they changed it to Achilles. I, I don't think that it is an Achilles injury with Luca, but that just scares me still, man. If we don't have Luca for game one, then that's going to be really tough. I do trust us at home, though, a lot more oh, yeah. than I do on the road. And the other thing, too, is that Donovan has been awful anytime he's played at AAC. Like, he true. probably plays his worst basketball in Dallas. I've never seen him play a good game as a member of the Jazz ever since he got to the league. I think Dorian Dallas. defends him possibly so well. Also, yeah, I think his last two games against us, he shot like five of 19 and like six of 21. Yeah. So which is insane with the way that our defense is, has played um, and, and the way that we played at home without Luca that it's promising. And we weren't, we weren't great without Luca this year. I think we were seven and nine, but you know, that's a lot better than, you know, say the Warriors without Steph, you know? Yeah. Uh, really bad. Well, uh, they also just won five in a row. So They've they've picked it back up, but they they went through a stretch where they were like three of their last like fourteen games or something like that. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. not great. So what what do you think about this series if Luca doesn't play the first game, and then also if he does play the first game? If he doesn't play the first game, we probably lose. But I don't. It's not going to be a blowout either because that kid is going to game plan the heck out of Donovan, and he's going to yeah. try to force anybody else to to beat us, whether that is Rudy or Bogdanovich or O'Neal or whoever. I'll, I'll be happy if Royce O'Neal beats us, you know? Yeah. I'll be fine with that. It'd be annoying, but yeah, I would agree. I also, I, I'm just going to assume Luca's not going to play the first two games. I mean, that's probably pessimistic of me, but that's probably fair considering, you know, it's a calf. You never know. I think we split at home either way, regardless of whether or not he's there think the Jazz will find a way to to pull one out here which makes going there interesting because we haven't played we haven't won a game in Utah in what feels like forever we played well this year mm-hmm. there but I mean it just depends on his health overall Dinwiddie being around just helps so much right now because you know say we don't make that trade and KP is still here I, I think we would lose in five, to be honest with you. I don't think we'd have a chance. But having Spencer and Jalen 
helps and they're going to have a week. I know Jalen's been kind of dealing with a little bit of a nagging ankle. And so him getting a few days off to rest that will be good too. And Reggie and Dorian have been really great. And so I, the drop off from Luca to Spencer is obviously pretty significant, but it's not that detrimental because Spencer is pretty fearless and stuff. So, and we've seen Spencer put up 36, seven and eight, like in a, in a game without Luca this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I believe that he'll step up. He probably, he might not have that big a game, but he, you know, he's good for 20 points probably. Yeah. He I agree. Shoot, you know, a lot more than, than, you know, his typical coming off the bench game. But I think that I agree with you. I think we'll split these first two in Dallas. If Luca comes back healthy for game two, then we'll win this series in six. I think that if he doesn't play the first two games and has to come, we might go down three, one. If we have to go back, it's, it's really getting to me that, that Luca is probably going to miss game one. I don't, I don't see us winning game one, which is not good. I want to say Mavs in six or seven, but if Luca is going to miss those first two and we don't split them, then it might be Jazz in six. The Jazz have been playing their worst ball of the year that the last true. like two or three weeks. That is very true. And I just don't, I find it really, really hard to believe that they're going to flip a switch. I they're know they've been here before. They've had experience in the playoffs. Yeah. I just don't see that happening though, because there's, you know, there's that tension, there's that friction and like they collapse in the yeah. playoffs too. You know, like last year they were up like 25 in the last game against the Clippers. It went mm-hmm. to game seven, didn't it? Is that yeah, what happened? It did. And then, you know, they blow that game because they let Terrence Mann drop 35 or however much he did. And then yeah. they lose the series. And you know how Rudy gets hunted out in the playoffs every time, you know? And if Luca's not there, it's a whole different story. But I just find it really, really hard to believe that they're going to be able to just be like, all right, we care now. But just the way that the vibes are right now with that team. I think Mitchell's motivated because he's starting to get knocked as a guy that even though he had, you know, that huge series against Denver where him and Jamal just kept going back and forth, he's starting to kind of be labeled as like, well, you know, you'll, you might get your team there and like they might come in limping in there, Mm -hmm. but you're not getting past any serious contenders. I think he's frustrated with the situation in Utah right now. I think he's frustrated with Rudy Gobert. And I think he's also frustrated with Mike Conley. So I don't, I, I don't think Donovan Mitchell's time in Utah overall is like, is promised to anyone. I think that he might be on his way out, either him or Rudy. And as an optimist, I'll say that Luka comes back in game two and maybe we win game one without him. And we win in six. But I also know that Donovan is really hungry. He is capable of having performances, maybe not against the Mavericks, against our defense, our really stout top three defense, which has been awesome to watch. He's capable of having big nights and carrying teams, bad teams, like teams that are just not performing well to wins, uh, like he did in the bubble against Denver. There, there were games where the rest of his team shot like 28% and he just dropped 51 and was like, okay, it's fine. We'll win still. He's the only guy I'm scared of on that Utah team, and I'm not really scared of this Utah team unless Luca is out for more than one game. I think if Luca doesn't come back at all in the series to go seven, and because we have home court, we find a way. But if Luca comes back at all, we win. That's just how I feel. Like I said, I I just 
I really don't think that's possible. And they're going to shorten up their rotation to where it's Donovan, Rudy, Royce, Bogdanovich, Conley, and then some combination of Clarkson, Whiteside, who are going to just destroy because he can't stay on the court for more than five minutes without getting five fouls. Rudy Gay, Trent Forrest. Like, that's who they're going to play, and I that's I don't trust that at all. The other yep. thing, too, about the Mavs, when Luka isn't playing, is that the ball moves as a team, and it's gotten better lately with Luka, like, around, obviously, because, you know, Luka, his usage rate is, like, through the roof. But the ball moves a little bit better as a team when he's not around. Pre-KP, post-KP, that's just always been the case. I find it easy to believe that guys like Brunson and Reggie and Dorian are going to have like some not more open looks because you get the most open looks with Luca, but they're in some ways it'll be more of a consistency of moving the ball around to like find the best shot as opposed to like having to get bailed out. Jalen and Spencer will have to do some of that bailing out in some ways, and so it also helps right now that Dwight is playing the best basketball that he's played this year. It's true. So. I mean, he's going to get destroyed by Rudy, but I also don't expect it to be that bad either. Right. I'll, I'll say I'll say Dallas in six for my final prediction. Okay. Caveat for me: if if Luca doesn't play at all, we win in seven. If Luca plays beyond game two, like if he comes back in game three, which is probably what is going to happen, I would imagine at this point. We win in five or six. Okay. I think that's how I feel. So before we wrap up, because we've been going for a while now, let's Mm -hmm. quickly do awards picks now that the season's over. Mm -hmm. Let's start with coach of the year. There are a lot of good candidates for coach of the year this year. I think Jay Kidd deserves some recognition. Um, He won't get it. Yeah. He won't. I think that Monty Williams deserves a look again because he's just – they're the best team in the league, and they won 64 games. That's a franchise record. It's hard to win 50 games in this league. It's really hard to win 60, and they won 64. I think that – I don't think Spolstra should get any recognition for that. Ah, oh, really? I, I really don't. I have I, I think I just have something against Miami. Like I have like a personal vendetta against Miami. I just am not very impressed by them or him. And I, I I've never considered him to be a great coach. He's a good coach. He gets a lot out of his guys. But like when the only reason that you win championships is because of the the big three and you had the second best player of all time on your team. I don't know. I'm just not super impressed by him. That Boston coach. Should get more votes. Odoka, yeah. He should get more votes than he will get because he turned that team around. Like he got them playing defense and they were really bad at defense the first two months of the season. Mm -hmm. They turned it around. They had the best defense in the league. Um, They, yeah, he, and and I think they have the like second highest point differential in the league. Yeah. That sounds right. Which is crazy. But yeah, uh, I think it's going to be who, who I think it's going to be though is Memphis's coach. Jenkins. Um, Jenkins. Yeah. Okay. I think that that improvement 
from last year to this year is tremendous. And the fact that they went 20 and two without jaw, that's ridiculous. You have an all NBA player on your team and you go 20 and two without him. He, he got the most out of all his guys. He got them really playing that like gritty kind of Memphis basketball that we knew in the Zach Randolph, Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley days. Um, like Tony Allen, you know, those yeah. times. I like him uh, for, for that, for the coach of the year. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of guys that should get some love like Jenkins. And I think Spolster should get some just because he's first in the East. Um, Billy Donovan should get a little bit, uh, probably have dropped up a little bit from earlier in the year. I think JB Bickerstaff should get some love, yeah. even though they've been, you know, weird lately. Right. I think, Chris Finch from the Wolves should get a lot of love. I mean, part of that, their roster is a lot better, but his first full year, they've been really, really solid. Obviously, Jay Kidd deserves a lot of love. I think it's Monty's. I, I, I just, he didn't win it last year, and I think he should have. Yeah. I don't think Thibodeau should have won last year. I'm sorry. No. And obviously, you see the difference in the two years. The fact that right. Monty has taken this team that was two games away from winning the NBA championship last year and has made them considerably better. Just goes to show to me that not a lot of different roster pieces. It's kind of just, they retooled a little bit. Yeah. Like they brought Shaman and McGee. Yeah. And that was really it. I think it's pretty clear to me that he should based off the fact that he kind of got robbed last year and this should be his vindication. So that's how I feel. It'll be one of those two guys. Um, yeah, it's definitely him or Jenkins for sure. Not to say that Taylor Jenkins doesn't deserve it because he definitely has a case because of what you just said. Right. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if if Monty won it. I, I think he's deserving of it for sure. Yeah. And Monty Williams is a great guy. How can you not? Root for him? I love him. I love him so much. And and he like professes his faith, you know, and, and is just very adamant about that. And and that's so cool when people are like open to that still and and like will face that kind of like any criticism for that head on most improved player. I said it earlier and I'm going to stick with it. There are a lot of guys that, that could, should be considered for this. I think that Tyler Harrow should be considered. And I think jaw because his jump was, was pretty drastic too. He's probably one of the top 15 players in the league now, um, which is crazy. And he, he's tremendously talented. He's he's going to make that Memphis team really good for the years to come. Like I said earlier, but I think I think it's I think it's Dejounte Murray. I mean, he averaged twenty nine and eight as a point guard. Twenty twenty one nine and eight. Yeah, nine assists per game was third in the league to uh, James Harden and Chris Paul. Eight rebounds per game as a point guard, and not to mention he probably will be on one of the all defensive teams. He's an incredible defender. He's long. He's six five. He's got a, like a seven foot wingspan. He's got huge hands. He's very good on ball. Very uh, instinctive off ball. And and like he just he he was the driving force for that Spurs team. If they don't get pieces around him and they lose him, that is a that is a big loss. Um, so Dejounte Murray is my most improved. This is tough because there's a lot of guys who are very worthy. Yeah. Like DeJounte, like Ja, Ja's teammate Desmond Bain. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole definitely is, should be up there as well, yeah. Darius Garland, Tyrese Maxey, guys like that. This is tough, man. I, I would be more keen to say Garland 
had the Cavs finished higher in the standings, I don't know. <laughs> this is tough. Yeah. This might be the toughest besides MVP. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Rookie of the Year is really tough too, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, in a different way. Yeah. Golly, man. Uh, Jordan has the highest odds per uh, Vegas sports books. Jordan Poole does? Yeah, to win more, most improved. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would have guessed that. Almiron has second, and then Murray has third. Okay. And Maxie's fourth, I think. Harry's Maxie. Yeah. I'll say Garland. He was an all-star. He was sixth in the league in assists. I mean, he led a when, – when Colin Sexton got hurt, I said, okay, now Cleveland's going to be a, one of the worst teams in the league again. They, they just lost their leading scorer. Colin Sexton's down. And then Garland steps up yeah. and makes the all-star team. And had like a like two nineteen assist games. I mean, he is he is the motor for that offense. Yeah, where he goes, they follow. Yeah. And with all his defensive weaknesses, you know, he's got a pretty dang good defensive team behind him. So, and he's gotten better. And he's gotten a lot better. Yeah, his shooting's great. He can shoot from anywhere. He he had a Steph Curry moment the other night. Did you see that? Yeah, when he shot three uh-huh. and around, and I, I was like, okay, I yeah. mean. Dang, do that, do that some more. Um, great playmaking, great with the ball in his hands, can make his own shot, great for others. So I don't, I'm not mad at that pick either. You could also make a case for Demar, in some ways. You could. Realistically, Ja probably will win this award when it's all said and done. Because of I, me, I think he will. Yeah, but I think just for the heck of it, I think Garland should yeah. be considered for it. Uh, but, side note: Do you think? Tom Sexton is a Cavalier next year? No. Because I don't. Get off of his contract. You don't need him and Isaac Okoro and yeah. uh, uh, Garland on this, and uh, Karis Levert now. Yeah. It's a car, that's a crowded backcourt. But but I was just looking at DeMar's stats, and you're totally right. He should definitely get consideration for most improved. He His field goal percentage went up uh, like just 1%, you know. Um, he was playing three more minutes a game. His three-point percentage went up by 10% from 25 to 35%. He averaged more rebounds and then almost seven more points per game. DeMar should definitely be at least on the ballot. I think you're right that Jaw will win it. I just wish that Murray would because I think Murray – I really like Murray. What is it with me like actually liking Spurs players and Greg Popovich? That's, that's because Greg is a cool guy, man. He is. Six man of the year, I think this is really easy. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Nothing it, else needs to be said. It's not close. Kevin Love will get a couple first place votes, maybe, by yeah. like some Hero uh, haters. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Rookie Defensive of the ready. year. No, let's do rookie first. First, okay. Uh, there's a good chance this could be a co. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a good chance this could be a co. Yeah. But... In this, in the case that it's not, if it's just one guy, I don't think he's gonna win. If it's just one, I would say Scotty Barnes because mm. I don't think that people were expecting him to be this good this year, especially considering the fact that when I remember on draft night when they drafted him, I was like, "Why are you doing that, Toronto?" Yeah, because they needed a point guard. Technically, yeah. I mean, yeah. you you don't need a point guard, but you lost Lowry. And Fred is more of a shooting, really guard. more of a shooting guard in some ways. He's yeah. gotten a lot better as a point, though. Props to him. But when you have 
Jalen Suggs on the board just sitting there and you don't take him for Scotty, I was like, what are you doing? And I think for me, take me taking the L on that, I'll, be, I'll admit that, that just to me gives it that edge because he yeah. has been not just like a and rookie, like he's been a very important part of their success and part of the reason why they're a five seed and yeah. they have a, a chance to beat the Sixers in a series. Evan Mobley has a great case though. 100% has a great case, but I think that his in and maybe his injury maybe kind of validates that a little bit more because, you know, they've dropped off a little bit um, ever since he got hurt. Also Jared Allen too, but that's a whole nother story. Cade is going to get some votes. I love Cade, and he played really, really great this last like month or so of the year. The Pistons' future is in good hands with Cade Cunningham. On the it is. It Finally, is. I, good draft decision. Yes, I like him so much, and he's a he's a good dude by all accounts. So yeah, good job, Detroit. I think there's a good chance it could be both um, Scotty and Mobley. Yeah. I think it could be a co rookie of the year, which that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But if not, I'm going to say Scotty. I like the eye test a lot. And when I watch Mobley play, he did not look like a rookie at all. He looked like he was a you know six-year vet in his prime a lot on defense in particular. And the way that he moved off ball um, on offense – he he it's not just the stats it's it's the eye test and then like when you do look at the stats the advanced metrics like defensive wins above replacement for a rookie to be in the top 10 in the league in that category that's ridiculous he's an amazing defender he's more than capable offensively he even showed a jump shot you know this season it's it's good his mid-range jump shot's good same with scotty scotty's got a nice jump shot too and and it'll just improve both of them have really good form too i'm going to take mobley i I've liked him since like the first week of, of the season, watching him just kind of start out balling out. Scotty, Scotty started off well, too. I mean, he started off well against the Mavs. He, he had a great game in that first meeting of the season. I wouldn't be mad if it went co. I think Scotty deserves to be second. I think Cade gets the third place nod, but I, I like Mobile a lot. Yeah, I, it could go either way. I don't. I have no gauge on yeah. how it could be. I definitely understand the argument of all those things you just said with his defensive stats, Mobley's that yeah. that could give him the edge right over. So, but I also think that injuries have to play a part of it. And I think Scotty has been a little bit more durable. Um, so I guess we'll just see, we'll see what happens. Okay. Defensive player of the year. Rudy Gobert is going to get votes, which is a shame because I, I like I said, and I, me and you were talking about this earlier on text. I would love to see the Mavs sign Rudy Gobert. Because having a defensive anchor behind Luca would be awesome. Listener, then, if you want my opinion, my opinion is I don't want him anyway. <laughs> and then if we sign Giannis in twenty twenty four, like we're going to, then <laughs> we're, we're like set for like six more rings. So, uh, so he'll get votes. He shouldn't get it. Miles Turner gets overlooked every single year for this award. He gets way overlooked. Yeah, but uh, he also played like twelve games this year. So yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. He's been injured for a while. Robert Williams will get some votes. He was great for the Celtics. He anchored that defense, the best defense in the league, the best defensive player on the – well, no, not even the best defensive player on the team because my defensive player of the year pick is going to be the best defensive player on that team, and my my pick is Marcus Smart. I think he's going to win defensive player of the year. I think he's going to be the first guard in a, in a while 
to win that award. Since Gary Payton, right? I think. Love. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you're right on that. He has been absolutely phenomenal. He he guarded one through four this season. He guarded like not the biggest guy on the other team, but but he can guard. He I mean he's strong. He's a great on ball defender. He's great off the ball. He was like fourth in the league in steals. He, he's just, he's gritty. He dives on the floor for loose balls. I know that's not part of defense really, but I think I, I would love to see Marcus Smart win Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to agree with you. Nice. I think he wins it. I also think Giannis wins second. Yeah, Giannis will definitely get considered too. I mean, when you're a freakish, freakishly athletic six foot eleven guy, then you're going to get some uh, some recognition there. If Draymond was healthy if he didn't miss that many games i think it was his to lose for sure yeah but i think if there's one year where all the stars are kind of aligning for a non-center or for a guard to win it for the first time in a long time i think yeah. now is the year so yeah only guards to ever win this award defensive player of the year sydney moncrief alvin robertson uh michael cooper gary payton michael jordan that's it so if Marcus Smarts win, wins this thing, then that is some elite company. To Very be. elite. So we both agree on that one. All right. MVP. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-man race, which sucks because, like, Lucas should get some recognition. But um, it would not make me mad if Jokic won. Again, because he is deserving. He's playing with a bunch of scrubs, and he led him to back to the playoffs. And he's he's ridiculous. It's it's insane to watch one of the least athletic guys ever, uh, one of the slowest dudes, who really has picked it up like in every single way. Like he looks quicker. He he's he's in very good condition. Has been really good defensively actually, which is surprising, super efficient on all ends. But my pick is going to be Joel Embiid. My, my biased pick will be Luka Doncic because of his record against all of the other MVP candidates, uh, because he's also playing with really a bunch of scrubs. Well, it's really not a bunch of scrubs. They're we, good NBA players. But, and, you know, who averages 28, 9, and 8? You know, who does that? Luka Doncic, that's who, that's who does it. But yeah, my pick is going to, I think Joel Embiid will win the award. And I think, I think he'll, uh, I think it'll be pretty close though, between him and Jokic. I think all the advanced stats and importance to the team, give it to Jokic for me, but it's like razor thin. It's so, so, so razor thin. And just the historical context of what Jokic is doing. The fact that he's the first player to average the numbers that he's averaging, the specific stat line. And yeah, Embiid won the scoring title, but I just think it's Jokers. I just do. Just the way that he literally is the reason why they're even in the playoffs, you know? They could be in the play-in, you know, for all we know, and they're succeed with a yeah. decent shot against the Warriors. So it's so razor thin. It's it's Jokic or Embiid at the one and two, and then three, four, five is some combination of Giannis, Luca, Tatum, Booker, ja. whatever names you want to put, Jaw. 
I don't. Yeah. I think Jaw. The fact that you mentioned multiple times twenty and two, then without Jaw, I think that hurts his case a lot. Actually, yeah, because he's like he is definitely their best player, but he's also like not crucially valuable to them. I mean, yeah. he, is, but like not in the way that they're going to be awful without him. So, absolutely, because they're beating good teams without him too. They beat Phoenix without him. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't be mad if Jokic wins. Like I said, I think he's deserving of it too. Yeah. So. Okay, rapid fire. First team, all NBA. There's no, we're going to do it our way, not the NBA's way, where it's like, you have to pick a center, only one, whatever. My all NBA first team is Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Giannis, uh, Embiid, Jokic. We're almost the same. My. You don't have have Steph on there? No, because I have Booker. Booker, okay. I think Booker deserves it. I think Booker will make the second team. I think Tatum has a better chance to make first team than Booker. You could argue that. I agree. Because I think Booker does deserve it, like you said. Um, Best player uh, on the best team in the league should get consideration for both first team All-NBA and MVP. And not just the best player, but one of the most efficient shooters and scorers that there is in the NBA and just an integral part of their success. I think they, the Suns might have a better record without Chris Paul than they do without Devin Booker. Yeah, that might be true. I'm not really sure. But but regardless, I, I would not be mad if he was on the first team. The second and, and third teams are going to be really interesting this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't have to get in depth about that because there's a lot of names to discuss. But there will be some, some big snubs and uh, – I think Rudy Gobert will make a team, and I don't think he should. And I'm mad about that. I think second team should be Steph, Ja, Tatum, Cat, and DeRozan. I, I would agree with that. I, I might consider CP3 over Ja, but it's really close. And also, I think we need to start having, like, you have to play 80% of games to, to be- qualify qualify i was watching colin cowherd's show and a lot of what he was saying about like some changes that he would make the nba made a lot of sense decrease the season to 64 games which would eliminate back-to-backs make the all awards like you have to play x amount of the season to qualify so like even for scoring titles like lebron didn't qualify this year obviously because he missed his last four games or whatever Mm -hmm. but um yeah, I, th- I think it should be like that. And I think that we should kind of take that into consideration when we're talking about like John Morant, who missed those 22 games. Steph, who's missed a lot of time now. You know? sure. And I love Steph. And I love Ja. I mean, it's fun to watch both of them. I love Steph. He's my second best favorite player besides Luca. But yeah. And then for, for third team, I think Levine should get recognition. I think Levine okay. played really well this season. I think of guys like Donovan Mitchell, uh, Pascal Siakam. Um and Bam. I think their team should be Trey. I hate saying that. Trey, yeah. Chris Paul, LeBron, Durant, and Gobert. That's probably it. But I mean, you you said like Pascal has a great case. Bam has a great case. Jimmy Butler has a good case. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell has a good case. Those are other guys that missed a lot of time, though, too. You know, Bam and, and Jimmy Buckets, too. Yeah. 
missed a lot of time. LeBron missed a lot of time. KD missed a lot of time. Yeah. So I think we should start to take that into consideration. But yeah, since we don't, then you're definitely right. KD deserves to be on there. Um, LeBron does. He was he's scoring 30 points a game at 37 years old. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know who I'll be on NBA first team or all NBA first team or second or third is Russell Westbrook. That is true. He'll be on the all brick team. We'll, we'll oh, put gosh. We'll a team for, for just that. The all meme team. Yeah. <laughs> the Los all, Angeles Lakers. That, the, that's yeah. The all shacked and a full team. Yeah. For guys who are just bad in so many ways. Who's your champion? Who's your NBA champion? God, dude. I feel like it has to be Phoenix. Yeah. And I love, love this Phoenix team, except for Chris Paul. Like, if Chris Paul was not on this team, I would be, like, rooting for them, like, hardcore. But I despise Chris Paul so much that it makes me angry that they're, like, as good as they are, like, with him around. I think they get out of the West for sure. And I think in the East, I just trust Milwaukee more than anybody else to make it back. And hopefully their bench starts to kick fire like they did last year. Um, Cause like Connaughton got hot and Portis got hot and all those guys. Yeah. Lopez being back now helps them a lot. So, and Drew is playing the best offense he's played probably ever in his career yeah. right now. Yeah. So I, I would not be surprised if we got a repeat, which like you would never would have thought that, that this would become a repeat finals, but I think it's very possible but I think Phoenix wins it. I think I would not be surprised as they. Mm-hmm. I definitely expect them to win the whole thing. I'm going to give a more realistic pick, and then I'm going to say what I actually think might happen. Okay. Okay. So, so realistically, Phoenix is great. I don't. It's going to be hard to beat them in seven games. Um, four, four, four times in two weeks. It's a lot to ask when they only lost 18 games all year. So I have them out of the West in my realistic bracket um, and unfortunately beating our Mavs in the second round. Um, and coming out of the East, I am going to go with um, the Bucks as well. Um, okay. I think that the Suns will win this time. So I am yeah. with you in terms of reality. However, <laughs> you know that I don't like normal. <laughs> You know, I don't like to just be basic. So I am going to go with what would be one of the most entertaining final series. Final I have series. a suspicion of who you're about to say, but I, I want to no, yeah, say, say what you think it is. Say, are I, you going to say the Warriors and who else? And the Nets. That is my, that is my, final <laughs> that, that I thought is, you're about to say the Bucks. I'm going to write yeah. them home. I'm going to write it home right now. I I will drive to Las Vegas to make a bet. I'll put five hundred dollars down. Man, why are you driving to Vegas? Just drive up to Choctaw. Yeah, you're right. I'll drive to Choctaw and put five hundred dollars down on the Warriors over the Nets. In no, you know what? Screw it. I'm going Nets. I'm going the Nets, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh! Warriors in six games. Okay. Was Kevin not expecting Grant, that at all. That's not it. Not expecting that at all. And then Kevin Are you like, are you implying that Ben Simmons is going to come back in the first round? I'm implying that Ben Simmons is going to come back and make this team 
the bet one of the most efficient offensive teams we have ever seen in the history of time. Say what you want to say about Ben Simmons. Say what you want to say about how Philly, Philadelphia things ended. He is a six nine point guard. He, he is the size of LeBron James, and he is a great passer and a fantastic defender. He automatically upgrades their defense. Put Kyrie, uh, Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, and Seth Curry on the floor at the same time as him, and he will get them open threes every single possession. So I I love the Nets with him. I thought that trade was really good for them. And if he comes back, I say Nets and Warriors in finals, and I want the Warriors to win. I think that Kevin Durant wants to prove that he can win without Golden State more than anything. And I think that that will have him be a finals MVP, averaging about 35-8-8. Eight and eight. If their defense wasn't as sus, I would be super in on that. Yeah. But... It is. It's very sus. It is very sus. But Ben could change it, so... Yeah. Okay. Then in Dennis's fantasy world, Luca heals from his calf. Yes. Let's go. He beats the Suns in a seven-game thriller against them. We play the Grizzlies in the conference finals. We beat the Grizzlies. Why? And then, <laughs> yes, I agree. I don't, I think we'd crush the Grizzlies in the series. And then we'll play the Bucks in the finals. And then, I'm not going to say winner because I just like the the prospect of a Mavs Bucks finals. I think it'd be very very fun. Oh yeah, very very fun. Is that going to happen? Ninety nine percent sure it's not, but that's just me fantasizing. So. I, th- yeah. I think we're about to get a repeat finals, and I definitely did not expect that at the start of the year. So, yeah, I agree. Last question before we go, because it's very late. It is. Can the Lakers do anything besides a coaching change? To I don't want to talk about them, but I feel like we have to for the not sake with this of, current roster. Yeah, yeah. They um, can't trade Russ. They're going to try to, and they should, and they need to get off. Russell Westbrook is a good player and he deserves his respect and people should not be trashing on him the way that they are because he's a MVP and he averaged triple double for four years. And that's almost in inhuman of him. <clears throat> um, but he's, he's out of it. He's out of his prime. He is not a good defender. He is, I mean, he led the league in turnovers. Um, it, yeah, he's he's. You want to talk about toxic and a poison everywhere that he has gone since KD left. Couldn't get out of the first round when he was with Oklahoma City. Terrible in Houston. Uh, decent in Washington, but also extremely inefficient. And now with the Lakers, awful. If Anthony Davis can stay healthy, and a lot of Anthony Davis's injury problems are not him being injury prone. I don't think it's, it's just, just him getting bad luck. People falling into his legs and him landing wrong on his ankle. And that's, that's just tough. Um, so I don't think uh, – they're not going to move him. They need LeBron to restructure his contract so that they can give guys like Malik Monk more than the freaking veterans minimum to stay around. Well, I don't want that to happen because I would like to sign one Malik Monk this offseason if oh, I was Nico Harrison in the Mavs. That'd be fantastic. Um I'd take him over Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, That's a hot, take. I a hot take. But I, I like Malik Monk a lot. And you need to get rid of Carmelo. Find some freaking bigs that can play 
DeAndre Jordan wasn't it. Dwight Howard isn't it. You need to not be giving minutes to Austin Reeves. I mean, Austin, no, no knock on Austin Reeves. He's a, he's a good player, I guess. But he's not what you want playing next to LeBron, you know? You need, you need guys that can play. You don't want to have to go sign DJ Augustine towards the end of the season to have to play point guard minutes. They need a point guard. They need a big that can play next to Anthony Davis. And they need LeBron to – what they really need is like, is like another all-star, all-NBA kind of talent at point guard. And LeBron needs to be like, okay, for us to be contenders, I need to be primarily a scorer, which I did. But I need to give up the playmaking ability to someone else, take that load off my shoulders. If I can go out and average 30 a game again at age 38 – and Anthony Davis can stay healthy all year, and we actually have players that can play defense. You got rid of your guys that can play defense. You got rid of Caruso, you're arguably one of your best defenders. You got rid of KCP, your other really good uh, perimeter defender. Um, you got rid of all your shooting, besides Malik Monk, and I guess Austin Reeves. They have a lot of issues they need to address besides coaching. Yeah, LeBron just needs to figure out and and like really dedicate himself to like this team rather than like looking good himself at age, whatever he is. Follow-up question, who's the coach? LeBron. Well, duh, but actually. Yeah, man, who's available? Not not a lot of great options out there, I, I would think, you know? I think Quinn is leaving Utah. He would be good. He would be good there. I think he's either going to LA or he's going to San Antonio if Pop retires. I think if if I know the Lakers, and I think I do because of Seven being one of my best friends. Um, uh, shout out Seven, by the way. Shout out, shout out my boy Seven. I think that the Lakers would be all over an idea of like Terry Stotts. Interesting. Ex Portland coach. That's so interesting. Because obviously proven success with the Blazers. Um, got into the conference finals once, had him in the playoffs for like eight or nine consecutive years. Mm-hmm. Obviously, fell off towards the end. But the, like, look at the Blazers now without him; they're much worse off, much worse. Another guy that I think now, now that I'm thinking about it could get a look is Jeff Jeff Van Gundy. Oh gosh, gosh, dude. Oh gosh. But you know who I would I would hate to see even more than Jeff Van Gundy is um oh the the Rockets coach seven seconds or less guy oh Dan Tony yeah no yeah, way there's no way to bring him back no way <laughs> no way dude I'd rather them hire Scott Brooks before Mike Dan Tony especially if they're gonna keep Russ. Yeah. Yeah, but they they got to get rid of Russ. They have to, you know. That's that'd be terrible if they kept him. They'd, they'd be right right back in the same boat, like looking at the play in tournament if they brought Russ back. Yeah. It doesn't work. It, no. it won't. Work. No, it does not. <sighs> okay, we've been going forever. <laughs> we've been going for so long. <laughs> oh, we have so much fun editing. Yeah, we we really could. This, friends, this is what Jet and I do. Like yeah. when I we got dinner the other night. And it yep. was like three hours at yep. Fuzzies, dude. Yep. It was insane. Talked about music, talked about college basketball at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about our Mavs always. Yep. All the things. Mavs so. for, I didn't realize this, but they went 42 and 30 in that shortened year last year. 
they won 10 more games and didn't have any more losses this year. Like that's a huge improvement. That is a, that's a good improvement. Really Very good. Securing home court for the first time since 2011. Shout out to that team. Shout out to J kid Luca for a MVP caliber season. Uh, you know, Brunson for stepping up Dwight Powell for having a great last month of the year. Uh, shout out the Mavs, you know, no matter what happens to this series, it's going to be a dub, but you know, shout out to them. I would like to donate my calf to Luca though, so that he can play. I'll donate both of mine. Yeah, I know he doesn't need them both, but I'll, I'll give them both. Yeah. That's how I feel. I think that's how a lot of Mavs fans feel. Yeah. Anywho, okay, this has been very fun, very long, but we'll see what happens as the uh, the games go by. So, Jet, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. This will not be your last time. This is your first time. This will not be your last time. So, I'm sure we'll do this as the playoffs regress and as things go on. We'll do this with other things too. So, finals preview and you know. yeah. See about it. Yeah, we need we need to do one episode with you, me, and Clayton at some point. Yes, that'd be fantastic. That'd be very fun. So, anywho, all right, this was fun, listeners. We'll get to the outro segment here in a sec, but Jet is going to sign off. So, thanks for having me on, brother. Yes, sir. Good to be here. Good to talk with you. Yeah, dude. Uh, To all the listeners, uh, become an MFFL if you're not already, because it's the best Twitter uh, space to be. I wouldn't say best, but <laughs> so it can be very toxic. <laughs> Most interesting Twitter space. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put it. Anywho. All right. See ya. All right. There you have it. That is some good old NBA talk about playoffs and all NBA and awards with my boy Jet. If you truck through, you're a trooper. Thanks for being here. It was so great to have him on. He will be back, of course, in the future. I will leave his socials in the show notes like I do with every guest. And uh, if you like what you heard, please share this with all your NBA friends, your basketball fans. Uh, Leave a five-star rating, five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts and Google and Spotify and all that. Uh, Follow the pod at Dennis and Friends Pod. Uh, Email DennisandFriendsPod at gmail.com if you have anything you want to say or suggest. Uh, follow me at Dennis Garman Jr. on all socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the likings. And uh, listen to this recommendation for this week is going to be what is my favorite album of the year so far by a wide stretch. Uh, these guys are super big on the indie pop scene, or just in the pop scene in general, and I refuse to believe that they make bad music. They've never made bad songs. Obviously, some songs are better, but... They are fantastic. Um, They're a band by the name of Coin, and they just put out an album a couple weeks back called Uncanny Valley. Absolutely incredible record. Please go listen to it if you haven't already. And if you agree with me, let me know. Uh, It's really great stuff. It really is. So thanks for being here. Until next time, be good, do good. Peace.